Robert? Oh, it's Robert. Ah, you there? I am. Okay. See, right. technology, man. We're good to go. All right. This, I think this is working. All right. All right. So uh, welcome to the show. This is Interview with a Conscious Mind. I'm your host, Sean, a.k.a. Cypher, the Enigma Bennett. And this is a show about me, but not me as in me personally, but me as in me as in my experience. So really, this is a show about you and your experience yep. and the me and you. Today or tonight, we have Robert Hyde, third, on the phone with us. Um, a great friend and a wonderful human being who's going to basically tell us a little bit about himself. And I'll just brief you on why I'm interviewing Robert tonight. Uh, Rob is a good friend. He's also an athlete. He's a professional. And he is just an inspiring human being. And uh, while he's not, I would say, a professional athlete, he is an athletic professional. So you take that and you put those words in the right context and they come out to me exactly what that means. He's a professional. He's an athlete. He is a human being. He's a father. He is a son. He is a dad. He is everything. But Robert, yep. let's talk about you. You talk about yourself. You know, how you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good. I have no complaints. Uh, just trying to make some things happen today. Appreciate that. Everything good, though? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Good. Good health. Good health. Uh, yes. Health is excellent. And in fact, I think um, it's not just about just being healthy, but just uh, I feel pretty good that I'm operating at a, uh, a higher level of performance. So um, I'm very, very happy and excited about that. Very nice. Very nice. So I'm going to start this off basically with, uh, you know, the, the world doesn't, you know, who knows you knows you, but, you know, for those who sure. don't know you, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, Rob. You know, what, what do you do? So um, there, there's, uh, I'll answer the question in two ways, right? So there's mm-hmm. um, what I do and then there's what I am. Um, so I'll start with what I do because that's probably the least uh, important of, <laughs> about everything. So um, I am a IT professional. That's what I do for a living, right? So that's how I, I make money. But I try not to... Um, have that as um, the only identifier of who I am. Um, so if you ask what I am um, and who I am, uh, I'm just, you know, a normal, you know, uh, man living in, you know, 2018 right now, trying to um, have as many positive experiences as I can. And so what that means for me right now is to, you know, explore this fantastic uh, world that we live in. So, I tra- you know, I travel a bit. Um, I try to do and do things that most people are either afraid to do or just don't do for whatever reasons really holds them back. Um, so um, I'm a you know a, a scuba instructor. Um, I did that um, so that I could explore places um, that mo- again most people will never go to. Uh, I'm an adventure marathoner, so you know I literally travel all over the world um, to see things and to do things. Um, that the average person, especially in the United States, um, uh, won't do, right? Um, I think um, I'm a person that wants to uh, smash through stereotypes, uh, smash through expectations, and I've spent, you know, really the last, I'd say, 10 years doing that. Um, So if in one sentence or less, um, I would say that, you know, I'm an adventurer, uh, I'm a teacher, a mentor, and really one of the things that I really hope that I can leave behind as a legacy is to um, help people see that there are other ways of living other than what we've been presented with. So hopefully that answers your question. It does. It does. But uh, so what uh, got you into running and scuba diving and these other things that you do in your life so that's a very interesting question so we're going to definitely get into some uh, personal stuff here um so um the simple answer is um i had been married Mm -hmm. i actually got married um back in uh 1999 and you know i made a decision that this is what i wanted to do and it became um my identity right so being a good husband being a good father um was really um really important and so i identified um you know that is part of my personality right as long as i did those things i felt that i was a good person and i was doing everything that was expected of me well the reality is i might think that 
uh, you know, the person you're married to. <laughs> not, right? Mm-hmm. So Opinions change. <laughs> say again? I said opinions change, yes. Exactly. Opinions and people change, right? I mean, um, I am not the same person I was, or I wasn't the same person I was um, when I first met this person, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and, you know, I had to make a decision of, do I want to um, become what I know that, you know, the things that I knew that I was capable of, or do I want to be just in this box of provider and father and husband? Um, and I made a choice, right? I made the choice that I would give up everything that I knew that I could be to do the things that was expected of me. Well, even after doing that, that title of husband, uh, if not, not necessarily father, but of husband was taken away from me, right? And I had no control over that. Right. And so it caused me um, to really reflect on um, the priorities of my life and to f- identify what with what was important to me. Right. And, I, and, it, and it's weird. Right. Because we hear, you know, we hear the term um, midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that would have looked at me back at that time would have labeled me as going through midlife crisis. But what I discovered it really was, was a midlife awakening because I knew exactly what it was that I wanted to be. I knew um, that I was destined for something much more than what I was doing, right? But the responsibilities of every day um, going to, you know, the, the salt mill or the, you know, the salt quarry and, and mining that salt and coming home and, you know, just being a provider of, for other people, which in itself is a great thing, right? If it's appreciated. Um, mm-hmm. But, it, you know, but it really wasn't. So um, I decided I wanted to be more than just a work meal, right? And so I started looking at the, the different things and exciting things that I could do in my life. But I didn't just respond immediately, right? I, I actually gave it some thought. And I said, well, you know what? I'm going to be single again. Um, and I need to have a better story um, than the hurt that was done to me during, through the course of my, my divorce, right? I knew that it was going to be something I was going to have to get through. But what happened after that, right? And so I started to re- basically rebuild the things that I knew would be important for me. So so it started out first um, with running. Um, and again, you know, I went to the doctor. The doctor said, you know, you're a mess because of all, you know, the stress and depression and all that. And he said, if you don't make some changes, um, you're going to stroke out. You're going to die. Hmm. And so immediately, like literally that next day, um, I started walking, right? And I figured that's the least thing I could do. So I started, I started walking and I walked for 45 minutes a day. And I did this for six months. And at the end of six months, I still did not understand what I was capable of. And it just so happens I was late to for a conference call and I needed to get back to my house to get on this conference call. And I literally mm-hmm. ran the entire 45 minutes. And I was like, I've wow. never done that before. And I, so then I started asking myself, well, what else can I do? Yeah, okay, okay. So I, so I had a friend um, who was running a race and you know, I went to go see her run and the running environment in the community was absolutely fantastic, right? Like it was like a party, but a party with a purpose. And I mm-hmm. said, these are people that look just like me and act like me and are going through some of the same things as me. I want to do what they do. And so I signed up for my first race and, uh, you know, I didn't perform well because I'd never done it before, but I knew then it was something I could do. And so I just started getting healthy. Um, you know, I did, uh, you know, a little P90X, you know, I did, there's a great book. It's called, um, the four hour body. And I did that and I changed my Yeah. Diet. That's by Tim Ferriss, right? It is. And it's a wonderful Yeah. 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 I, yeah. He's, he's a good guy, man. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to put a bookmark there because, because that was a critical thing. Um, mm-hmm. this journey, right? So just m- remind me to bookmark that. Yes, um, so, so at the end of the day, um, I was able to reinvent myself, right? I lost 40 pounds, was able to get, you know, physically fit. Um, and it was interesting, right? I started getting um, attention from people that I normally would not have um, getting attention, people have gotten attention from, right? My confidence came back. My, uh, my self-identity with um, having gotten a divorce and being a failure started to go away, right? And so once that went away, um, I wanted more, right? And so, you know, and, and this, but then at that point, it's a weird cycle that happens, right? 
is when people see your energy grow and your confidence grow, they want to be associated with that. And so what happened with me was I was start I started going through this cycle, right? I would I would my energy would grow and my confidence would grow, and then I would meet somebody and I would say, oh, this is exactly what it is I was working for. Um, and then the same relationship challenges would happen, and then I would be beaten back down to what I had just gone through, you know, through my divorce, and right. to a lesser scale. Um, but it was the, still the same thing, and it just kept happening over and over and over. So after a couple of years, I was like, "Wait a minute, why does this still happen? Why is this starting to happen?" And what I realized was, this is going to sound counterintuitive. But you cannot be a a good partner to someone if you're still trying to figure out yourself what it is that you want to do or want to be. And so I started doing a bunch of research and just learning. And at the same time, I picked up diving, so I was running and diving, and I was just doing, you know, a lot of these adventures and things. And I found that when I was doing those things and mm -hmm. focused on those things, um, I was very happy. Now. I didn't, and, in, and when I was at my happiest, I was by myself. Right? What was your happiest, if you don't mind me asking? Yes, say again? What was your happiest, if you don't mind me asking? Um, the happiest is when I think I completed the, um, the, the Great Wall of China Marathon. Because it was something um, that was extraordinary, right? Like this was a, I literally traveled, you know, across the other side of the world. And I was doing something that was very difficult, and I didn't I didn't know whether I could do it. Right, like literally, I was in a place I had never been before. No one spoke English. I couldn't read any of the signs, but I was with like-minded people. Right, that came from all over the world. Also, we basically bonded like a family. And it was at a certain point during that race that I had I realized that I had connected with these people, but it was more than just a race. Right. It was the fact that I had come, you know, thousands of miles to connect with people that were going through the same thing I, um, I was going through, and I realized that regardless of my, and I put in quotes, my relationship status, that I would never really be alone. Right. And these friends are friends that I can I can be anywhere in the world, and if I want to, you know, hang out with them, you know, and I've done multiple races with these guys, right, and girls. Yeah. Um, but these are p people that I consider my friends really for life. And it's not because it's a relationship based on things that they can get from me and I can get from them. It's right. based on genuine respect for this thing that we all did together and struggled together. Um, and I think that's the thing that a lot of people miss, right? Is we know we want to connect to something, but it, there's that struggle that need that is a thing that bonds us all together, right? And things that are easy are probably the least valuable. When you struggle together and when you're when you put everything on the line um, and blood, sweat, and tears, um, those things mean something. They transform us, and that's what happened with me, right? I was transformed, and I knew that I was transformed. It wasn't something that I said, "Oh, this great thing happened." No, I right. felt the transformation occur, and I knew that I could never be back to what I was before. And the cool part is, everyone saw it. People that were there, people that were here. When I got back, they were like, "Dude, you've changed." And I and I would and I would think about that, right? And I would say, mm -hmm. "I don't know if I really changed, but I have uncovered that which it was always there." Right, yeah. but it was just covered up with so much just crap. Good and stuff, so, yeah. yeah, so um, hopefully I'm answering your question, right? Because I mean, again, no, you are definitely are. You definitely are. Because I mean, it was really you know when I when I wanted to do this interview, you know, I I I, I know you as much as I know you. We grew up together, but you know, after we became adults, you know, we we, yeah. we did our own thing. And to hear that you've become such a profound runner and scuba diver and instructor, you know, and, you know, world traveler, you know, that to me was like, you know, this is a guy who, you know, when I knew him growing up, yep. like you said, this wasn't you. Right. Um, you know, for just pre-marriage days too, but, you know, yep. Yep. Um, the, the, the amount of time we spent, you know, in between, you know, growing up and graduating and everything, you know, back and forth to the unions and stuff. You know, and just staying in touch, you know, again, you know, these are things that have occurred in your life that they weren't there. Like, you didn't run track in high school, did you? I did for a little bit, but I didn't like it. Okay, see, there you go. Right. Um, did you do any other sports in high school? 
Um, no, because I really, if you remember, I mean, I was really pretty much the nerdy guy, right? I was doing computers and, you know, chess club and stuff like right. that. Now, Different kind I of did go into the military, right? So I went into the military and that's where I kind of really found my strength. Um, okay. And they said, oh, we're going to take this Urkel guy and we're going to turn him into, you know, basically, I mean, for all intents and purposes, a mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So, so they got rid of everything that was there before. And so I don't know if you know this, but I, I actually did my basic training when I was in 11th grade. So when everybody was hanging out during their 11th grade, you know, chilling, okay. doing whatever, playing basketball, whatever, I was right. literally in basic training. Okay. And, and so when I came back to finish my senior year, um, I, basically the military transformed me into a man. Now think about that. Yeah. A man getting high to go to school with children. Right. And yeah. and there was a very powerful awareness there, right? That wow, I just spent you know the last ten weeks becoming a man, and now they're going to send me back with um, <laughs> with kids that have that no understanding of anything. Right. And I just rolled through there like I didn't take crap, right? I was like, no, you're not going to treat me um, anyway. And not only did I demand respect from the students, right? They weren't even a consideration. For Right, it was a teacher. Yeah, yes. it was adults, right? The yes. adults were the ones that were often rocked on their heels based on how I, I, I addressed them and, yeah. and interacted with them, right? So so I think that was the genesis. Um, but again, through life, you know, we go through a lot of different things and sometimes you forget, right? That cycle that I talked about earlier where you're kind of beat back down and you forget who you are. So I think that's the really great time about being alive right now, right? So we have a lot of access to information. Uh, We have much more freedom, I think, to decide what we want to be. And that's really the focus of why I started doing, you know, the adventure marathons and the diving. Because I I kept looking at what I wanted my life really to be. And typically what I would do is I start at the end. Like, what do I want people to say about me when they're at my funeral? Yeah. Like, okay. I definitely do not want them to say that Robert was an awesome IT manager. No, like, that's not <laughs> what I want to be known for. Yeah, right? that's so not the only thing that, in your life that you've aspired to, you know? Exactly. But exactly. If that's the only thing that you've ever aspired to, then that's all you're going to be. Yeah. Right. And so I, I knew. That's, I, mean, that's I, started cut, I started to cut you off, but that, that goes away really quickly. Absolutely. You know, when 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 the eulogy is done and, and they close and they put the dirt on you and they walk away, you know, and you're in their mindset, you know, and then you know, yeah, he was an awesome IT guy, you know, and exactly, no, no, that's not impressive, right? That's not that's like a thing that there are millions of IT guys, right? But if you but if you say, hey, this guy went to the polar circle and ran, you know, um, the polar challenge, which is a marathon and a half marathon, mm-hmm. um, that's something you'll remember. Right. Well, like when my kids look at the medals that I've gotten, I mean, I hope they fight for those medals. Right. Fight yeah. each other for them. Right. Yeah, right, right. That's what I would want them to do. Right. Because they right. would understand that those are the things that truly defined me. Not then, the fact that I worked. IT. Memories going. I mean, that, like you Absolutely. said, not that you wanted to fight physically, but in a sense, like you're saying, you know, it, they're fighting to keep your memory alive. Exactly. But you I know? think I made it easy for them to do that. Right. Because they will never think of, oh, dad did IT. Not at all. That's like not even it's so secondary to them. Right. So they will say, oh, well, dad did all this stuff and he ran with lions and he swam with sharks. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he worked at the aquarium and, you know, swimming with, you know, sharks there. And now, you know, just starting last week and I became an instructor. um, Now I'm showing other people how to do that. And I think that mentor role is one of the critical things I think we have lost. Um, I, I I would say as um, African-Americans, but I say that it's bigger than that, right? I would say that it's everyone has lost the ability um, to truly mentor, right? One of the greatest things that I, you know, in becoming a, 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 an instructor was that I would be able to teach my sons how to do something that I know how to do. And then they would be able to go and do it and teach maybe their sons or work with their dad or do these, like these different things. Legacy. I, I, bit. That's the word I use. I wasn't going to say it, but you said it for nah, me. Well, exactly right. no, yeah, it, it's, it's, I mean, because I, I teach exactly. I've martial arts now for the last 20 something years. Yep. And for me, like you said, it's that the whole, you know, it's it's more than just doing something, but when you get to the point where you can teach, what is it saying? Those who know, 
again, if I quote it right, those who know teach, those who... Those who know do, those who don't teach. Well, I don't know. See, I've always said it's different. Those who know should teach. Well, you know what? We will. We'll have to look that quote because I've heard that quote so many different ways. Yeah, you know. Okay. So we'll edit this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, so, I mean, so that's, I mean, so that's really it. I mean, that that's the, the reason why I did a lot of what I did over the years, right? And to tell that story, like when you tell your story, Sean, mm -hmm. there's going to be some things that you want to highlight. And if you look back at your life and say, damn, the things I want to highlight, I didn't really do enough of that. Right. <laughs> then what's that story going to be, right? Like, I don't ever want my life to be, damn, I wish I had done X, Y thing. Right. No. Yeah. Regrets. Yeah, I got you. I, I said, I, I mean, if I were to die today, I would be good. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I did everything I wanted to do. Now, there's some more stuff, of course. But you know what? Um sometimes now like so so training right uh -huh. so now i don't train for a specific event i train now to be ready for any event that i want to do now let me ask you that real quick uh yep. so you you had served in the military um yep. mine you said you you can't you did that in high school you came back finished high school you were already a man amongst yep. children yep and 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 uh, you were dealing with a mindset of individuals, even adults who True. did not, who never served, who did not know the measures of what it takes to be a real man, right. even at 17, 18 years of age. Right. So they saw, the, again, there's a perception, right? Mm -hmm. our, the, again, that legacy, a lot of our fathers never really taught us how to deal with life in the current you know, time frame that we're living in. The most that they could do is tell us, hey, here's how things were when when I became a man. But if you look at the world, it's changed dramatically oh, since man. the time of my father and the time of his father, right? So they can give you this this kind of idea of what it means to be manhood. But if you if you look at um, the world we live in, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, men are under attack. Um, you know, like roles. Yes. But but not even just black men. It's it's, it's men and women. I know you're saying yes, yes. Yeah, are under attack, and so we struggle with what does it really mean to be a man, mm -hmm. right? And so because again, if we're too aggressive, then we're told we're too aggressive. If we're too soft, then we're told we're too soft. And, and this is kind of this moving target. Mm -hmm. I've taught my sons a very simple um, way of looking at manhood, and it comes down to two questions, right? Where am I going and who's going to go with me? And if you get the order of those questions wrong, you're in for a whole lot of trouble. Hmm. Right? Okay. So, again, that's just, just, just chew on that, right? Maybe after this interview, just chew on that, what that means. If you get that order wrong, then where do you end up with your life? Right? And so I think, and I tell my sons this, I said, it is important for you to understand where you want to go with your life before you make the decisions to get in a relationship and have children and, you know, do all these things that are very permanent, mm -hmm. right? And if you end up with the wrong person because they don't want to go where you want to go, then that's just conflict, right? But if you say as a man, hey, here's where I want to be in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and you can let the other person decide, yes, I would like to go there too. And I, and I will allow you to lead us there. Right? But if you... I'm sorry. I was going to say the, the important thing when you started off with, you know, being married and then, you know, being in yeah. a relationship with someone who right. doesn't have these same views. It didn't because I didn't understand that then. Yeah. Right. I totally did not understand that then. Um, I learned that actually quite recently. Right. So so now that I understand that um, when I interact with women or, you know, or actually people in general, mm -hmm. um, I will tell them, like, this is where I want to go. Right. You have to decide that's where you want to go. And if you want to go there with me, if not, as part as friends, we're good. Right. But I don't owe you anything. You don't owe me anything. Right. Right. We, we again, there is this this quick desire for people to um, get people to be beholden to them. You owe me this because I gave you this. Well, what if I never wanted that in the first place? Right, and we never had this conversation, which most people right. don't want to have. Right. I, I, you know, I, I, it's interesting, right? Because I would listen to, um, when I was in relationships, I would never, 
really understand what the other person wanted from me. It was always this vague kind of, uh, you know, concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, uh, no one ever asked me what I wanted. I never even asked myself what I wanted. I thought my, do, my job was to serve other people. Interesting. Right? And there can be part of that in a relationship. But if your job is only to serve, Right, and if you never, um, then where is there the ability for you to do stuff? Right, right. In fact, if you only serve other people and you're not another person, right. you know. Yeah. So, so I mean, so, so pulling it back to like working out and athleticism. So I, so right. I told you all of that um, to basically be able to say that as a person, whether man, woman, even chet children, mm-hmm. right? You have to be able to decide for yourself what do I want to do and what am I willing to do to get it right if my job if my goal was to be the best IT manager ever which we now know it's not but if it was right Uh how would like what are the things that I would be willing to do that do right well you know I might have to you know ignore my family because I work a lot of hours and you know I'll have need to do training when I'm not working I got to do very specific things to make that happen so that's great for somebody that wants to be a great IT man. Um, so now you say, what do I need to do if I want to be an explorer, just exploring the world? Well, that's a different set of things you have to do, right? Um, and exploring doesn't mean going to China and you know and going to all you know Greenland and all these other places that I've been. It could be literally going to the next county over, the next city over, and just seeing what's there and interacting with people. It doesn't have to be this big grandiose thing. It could literally be, um, I'm going to go for a walk, like just like I did, right. for 45 minutes, but I'm going to do it somewhere else. Right. Right. And, you know, I, you say that because I think a lot of people's ask, I think a lot of people's take on, you know, being adventurous is I got to, I got to, I can't be adventurous because I can't go overseas i can't travel and i'm like no no that's not what it is it means being willing to look around the corner to what's there being willing to step out of your immediate environment your immediate right. circle of trust and yep. like you said, go to the next town go to the, go into the city for an hour every day you know or once a weekend or something you know right. The world is a great place. I mean, it really is a great place, but a lot of us are afraid right now. Again, that might be a cultural thing, right? That uh, might be the media doing that, you know, right? the, the media does a lot to perpetuate, yeah. you know, this, this this act of insecurity, you know. Everyone's out to get us and, you know, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, but you can do a quick calculation to see how many people have died of terrorism versus car accidents. Like, oh, yeah. if you knew the answer to that question, you would uh-huh. hardly be afraid of terrorists. <laughs> You'd be like, no, I'm putting a seatbelt on because <laughs> that's the big one that's going to get me. <laughs> yeah. Right? Or, or hell, I can give you one better. Hey, salt kills more people than terrorists every year. You know, right? Vitamin C kills more people than fucking salt or terrorism. So exactly. Bad diet kills way more people, more people. than terrorists. Speaking <laughs> on diet, let's 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 take this to the next level. Then the Actually, diet yeah. is diet is something that you discovered, I guess, upon your walking, running adventure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, how much of it has it played a role in your ability to run and do these marathons and even scuba dive? Yes. So, um, so there's a couple basic pieces of information. Um, so when I first started, I actually used Timothy Ferris's book to, to, to basically re, uh, ref, redefine who I was physically, right? So, you know, low carb, um, no sugars, and it was basically five rules. I guess to tell you the five rules that I followed. Um, so one, no drinking or uh, drinking calories, right? So no soda. Soda is the worst. Um, so it was either unsweetened tea or water. That was it. Nothing else. Even coffee. I would sometimes, you know, drink coffee, but I couldn't put anything in it. No milk, no sugar, none of that. No drinking calories. Um, the other was uh, no fruit. Um, fruit is loaded with sugar. Um, and you don't need it to survive, right? You don't need it for your health. You don't need it at all, right? So it was just a thing that was just holding us back. And again, if you're not drinking calories, you'll you'll go after fruit like crazy, right? And you'll just change where you're getting the sugar from. Um, that sugar is an absolute addiction. Um, so that was the other thing. Um, eat the same meals every day, right? Timothy Ferris's book says... Um, Di- the, the diet that he has, and it's actually called the slow carb diet, is not meant to be fun. It's 
meant to be effective. Mm. And so I made a menu and people do that now, right? You hear people say, hey, I'm meal prepping. That's exactly what that is, right? They're just, okay. they're just preparing their meals um, and they have an understanding of what they're putting in their bodies. Um, so, so, yeah, so, oh, don't eat anything white. So no potatoes or, you know, corn and things that are high in carbohydrates, no bread, bread is another terrible thing to eat. Um, and, and you can see these things are very um, basic rules, right? And the last rule, which is very important and it might kind of come as a, a surprise, is take a cheat day once a week to eat whatever you want. Right. Whatever you want, because your body will reset because if you if you put it in this kind of starvation mode, well, it'll adapt. Your body's amazing at adapting. So it'll it'll adapt and say, oh my God, we're starving. And then it'll start another set of processes. Right? But if you say, oh, well, I'm gonna eat a whole bunch of crap for a day, your body will say, oh, okay. Well, we're not starving to death, so keep doing what you're doing. Right. Oh, I, I remember that. Oh, cool. You still got that in your life? Okay, great, you know. Exactly. Uh, hey, and I love beer and drinking and just doing all that stuff. And I was good, right? And in fact, I'll tell you something funny. You knew me when I was doing this. Remember we had that party? Yes. And I said, hey, I can't eat all this, this stuff. I was doing it then. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. and I still had fun, right? I had a great had time. Fun. Yeah, no, we had a lot of fun. Yeah. And you, know, you could you did race and. Uh, exactly. You know? So it was, it was about making really good choices, right? And as long as you understand. And here was the other thing that it said in the book that I found very powerful. What a lot of Americans do is they will get on a scale and they will weigh, they will, they will mark their success based on how many pounds they lose. What they should be doing is taking, um, um, they should be taking measurements of the different parts of their bodies and looking at the, the inches that they lose. Because as you start to work out, guess what happens? You build more muscle, you get rid of fat. Well, muscle weighs more than more right? So that's where I think that's where a lot of people, especially a lot of women, go wrong because they're on the scale every day, right? Oh my God, this diet is not working, this exercise is not working, but they're not paying attention to the results in terms of how they look, right? An inch or two loss, it yeah. weighs like twenty pounds in one clothes size. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So, like, screw the scale. The scale's not just lying to you. Well, the scale, man, is so temperamental. I mean, people, Absolutely. I tell them all the time as a trainer, you know, you can gain up to five to 10 pounds in a day. Yeah, just for water weight. Just from water and food, and, you know, and, and then sheer volume of just, you know, stress, you know, and, and, and you know, gravity. Right. But, you know, things like I, I always tell people, you know, measure your ability to be motivated the next day. You know, did you run faster today than you did last week? Absolutely. So then that comes from taking metrics, right? So that's the other thing that I did, right? So when I ran, I would always have, uh, and again, we live in a great time where we have mm -hmm. all of these um, digital devices and watches and Fitbits and all that stuff. All that gives you is a baseline so that you can go forward and know what your progress really is, right? And you can know what you can eat. Oh, if I eat this, my, my performance is gonna drop. Um, if I go get a massage, my, or if I stretch, if I do these different things, I can see the result and I know I need to do less of this or more mm -hmm. of this. And that's a critical thing, right? To, to, you know, like a lot of people don't like seeing, you know, um, your performance on Facebook, right? Well, guess what? It's not for them, it's for you. To be held accountable, right? So that people can, people that really care will cheer you on. People that don't care about you, you then they're never gonna, they're never gonna pull for you, so don't worry about that. You know? Right? So, um, so those are, I mean, again, those are all the basic things and I'm giving you like years of knowledge and experience uh, for doing what I do um, that, that was hard fought, you know, hard won, right? There were things that I did that weren't as successful. Um, there were times when I decided after a major race, <laughs> I'm taking six months off and I had to start okay. all over again, right? It happens. And so, you know, but I realize now, and if I could, if I can give one piece of advice, mm -hmm. um, never completely stop taking care of yourself. You can pull it back a notch um, if you need to, right? You get injured or whatever, whatever, but find an alternate way to continue to work, right? Because all that hard work, you could work hard for a year, two, and then you can decide in a moment of weakness, I'm gonna take a couple months off. Right. Worst thing ever, right? Absolute worst thing ever. Because you will literally reduce all the gains that you've gotten, and then you have to start climbing that hill again. And most people say, you know what? I don't wanna do that again. 
So here's a question then. Motivation. Yeah. I mean that that that's that's motivation and inspiration. Yeah. Motivating yourself to like you said, taking a month off, two months off. Yep. Never really stepping away completely, but kind of like that maintenance mode, you know, like yep. I'm not gonna run a race for the next three months, yep. but I will train so I'm ready to run yep. whenever I'm ready to run. Yep. Absolutely. So so and I and I'll give you your props, right? So this is like, I mean again from, from your perspective is you provide that motivation. Like for me, um, I have people that motivate me the same way you motivate some of your clients, right? Um, you know, I, I go to Orange Theory, I do that. And these are my friends, right? I don't go now to lose weight or get better performance. I go because these are my friends and I want to be around them and I want to cheer them on and we support each other, right? And it's still motivating because you still push yourself. Yep. They push you. Um, yeah, it's not about the weight loss at, at some point, you know, you achieve, listen, I body build and yep. I do martial arts and, you know, I, I, I can, you, you, you know how you've done what you've done with, yep. with running so long now, you yep. know how to dial yourself in, yep. you know, when it's time to get it going, you know, right. and the, the, the process of working out, you know, is it's, it's fun because it's like, I'm going to personally challenge myself in the gym today just to see if I can take a minute off my run. Yep. You know, doesn't mean anything if I don't, but man, if I do, that's awesome. Because Dude. that just, that, you know, on the scale of progression, I'm still, my, my, I'm still up there. I'm still, when I, you know, if I'm, if I'm grading myself, I'm still an A student right now. You know? Dude, there are days when I absolutely hate running. <laughs> absolutely hate it there are days when i don't want to get in that damn pool again for a six hour session and okay. i just don't want to do it but i know that if i sh i already mm. want i can worry about how good i do once i show up but getting up out of the bed taking that first step and putting it on the floor and making the decision that says i'm going to the gym or i'm going to go work with my trainer and not skipping class all of us let me tell you when you do that don't you don't when you when you actually have a moment like a morning when you said man i just don't want to get to the gym I have it all time but when you get there doesn't something else kick in you're like well i'm here i'm not gonna bullshit my my workout right now i'm here you know People are going to look at me like, you know, we know what you do. Exactly. So to see you do it in any other fashion than what we already expect from you, because hell, you've been, you ran around the world, man. Yep. Kind of like, okay, I'm here. I showed up. I'm not going to shit out. You know, Dude, I, I got to do it. it. You absolutely nailed it. Because I'll tell you a, a recent story. This happened uh, Friday night. Friday night, I went to a Halloween party and mm -hmm. I drank my butt off. I showed up at the gym um, with a hangover. Okay. And my and so again, if you know anything about Orange Theory, like they, you have your metrics up on a screen, and my friends were all looking like, "Dude, what the hell's going on?" And they were like, <laughs> "Oh, you have a hangover, don't you?" Yeah, you still like, Yeah, a little bit, because they know that I bring it, right? And right, I know that right. They bring it when it's time to bring it. We all know what each other is capable of, and we're yeah. like, "Dude, why are you slacking?" You know, hey sister, why are you slacking? Like, right. you're better than this. Like, kind of like you was dude. testing yourself. Like, I need to be yeah. drunk, guys, so I can show you what I'm really made of. No, no, no. They know. Like, they all. <laughs> but that's, but that's the, that's the importance of having a trainer. That's importance yeah. of having a partner that will hold you accountable. Because when you're slipping, you trust mm -hmm. them enough that says, "Hey, dude, I know you are capable of much more than this. Right. What's going on? Let's have a conversation about it. Let's talk about it." Yeah. And you can And they, you, there has to be somebody you trust. Right, because they're gonna tell you things you don't want to hear. True, like but, but, you, but want, it's you want an enabler, like, but you need to hear it, you know. And then, you know what? I, I think, well, for me personally, um, not that I don't want to hear it. Sometimes I know I'm going to hear it just because yep. I know my performance is where it's at, and I think I need to hear it because it just kind of kicks me back into gear. Like, dude, you, this is not you, exactly. You know? And um, yeah, so it's it's that you know, come on, you got here, you know, let, show 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 me what you're made of, you know. Exactly, friends that enable us to to continue bad habits are not yeah. our friends. Not, not our friends, right? A real friend will say, hey. I think, again, I think you're better than this mm -hmm. and I want you to do better. What can I do to help? Help you. Exactly. Right? What can I specifically do to help you be what I think you are? And if your friends don't do that for you, then it's time to find new friends. Mm. 
right? Well, there's an old saying by Frankie Crocker used to say, if you can't change the people you're with, then you need to change the people you're with. Absolutely. And that's that's, that's a saying for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's not bullshit. Like, it's been no. for generations, it's right? Yeah. So, it, and it's true. It's, it's a saying because it, it bears out true all the time. And again, you know, we, you know, sometimes you got to clear them out because you got to look at what are people being, are, are they a positive influence on your life or are they a negative influence on your life or neutral, right? At where we are in our life, can we afford to have neutral influences? Probably not. Probably not. Right? I mean, we have to work hard and do the things that we have to do. And it's harder for us now. I'm, I'm 51 years old, right? It's not getting like easier. It's getting harder. Well, let me listen. We, we, we're going to wrap this up in about five or so minutes, but Absolutely. you said a key thing, which is uh, interesting, and it's nice to end on this segment. You know, yeah. and we're going to have to do another interview too. But Absolutely. age, be getting older. Now, for me, I looked at I look at life when I looked at life as have you heard the term age is just a number and you know being 50 shouldn't be 51 still competing in jujitsu still competing in bodybuilding still being a physical individual you know i i said to my girlfriend and i said to uh a few other people you know i've i've getting older has been interesting because when i was younger and my father was 50 he looked not that he was old to me, but he was older. Now that I am 50, my father's 70, 74, but now that I'm where my father was when he was 50, and I look at myself and I go, I'm not my dad, but I'm not me, but I'm I'm both of us, but I'm much more than that. Like, I don't look at my, my I don't mind getting up. I don't mind working out. I don't mind, you know, whatever work needs to be done, I'm, I'm in it. You know what I mean? If, it, if I know I'm going to get out of it, you know? Yep. Um, so you're 50, 51. Right. But actually, before you move on, I'm going yes, yes, right, right. to ask you a question, right? Okay, go um, ahead. So you, my question to you is, you see the difference in yourself, where you are now versus what your father was. Yes. Why do you think that is? Why do you think you're so different than your father was at the same age? I think you said it earlier technology our ability to connect uh our narratives have changed as the times have changed i know i have much more control over my health uh personal health with everything you know with the environment and you know what i put into my body at 50 today i'm you know and i guess my military has a lot to do with that too you know change the mind you know what I went through in the Marine Corps and boot camp yep. was my was my my man point the point where I became you know a man from yep. from a boy, and I realized that you know it's really just a, a factor of believing in myself. So at fifty, I have such a strong belief in myself of what I'm capable of doing. Um, you know I'm not I'm I'm not afraid. You know I don't look at life like I'm fifty half of, you know I'm, I'm middle-aged and i only got 50 years ago i only got 30 years ago i only got 20 years ago you know or life is almost over i'm like i'm so energized right now the difference between my father and myself is that uh i never stopped educating myself and my father had today it's so much easier and so much accessible to educate yourself my mind is young and i'm and 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 fortunately my body believes in my mind as much as my mind believes in my body. The so 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 you nailed it because it's the same answer for me as well. I have much more information and knowledge about the consequences of not doing things. Our parents didn't have that, right? There was so much bad science and bad information, and not because people were being vicious and mean and evil. They just they, didn't know. They didn't know. They had right. no idea. But. For us, there's no excuse because now we know what will happen. We know what will happen if we have diabetes. I mean, the fact that diabetes kills so many people around the world is ridiculous, <laughs> right? Because it's so easily prevented. Yes. Right? And so if you if you, you specifically and I specifically have made a decision that we will change things, right? And we probably have changed them for the same reason, right? To leave that legacy behind for our children. And because guess what? 
the more that we do well and perform and stay young looking, they will think that's the norm, right? And they will think that people that don't work out is the anomaly, right? My son, my, and I guess I'll leave it on this. My sons said to me years ago, I am so glad that you're my dad because you don't look like all the other dads. Right. Right? You that, that, look that's... like you look like you're just strong and you when you walk into a room and, and it's weird. My my youngest son said this when you walk into a room, every woman looks at you. Hmm. Every woman looks at you. And he says, I don't know what they're thinking, but they're definitely thinking something. <laughs> <laughs> right? Whether they're married, single, it doesn't matter. When you walk doesn't into matter. the room, your presence like changes the dynamic of the room. Right. And I think and that's true for that's what I work right? Yeah, your your energy dictates that. I mean, you know, they don't know you, but it's 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 that familiarity. It's like you walk into the room and it's kind of like, who is this guy? Like is, his they energy. Know. And guess right. what? Guess what I get to do once I get them in the conversation because they're thinking, who is this guy? Now we right. have a story to tell. There you go. Right. So so it's the it's the what happens next after you engage with somebody. That's why you want to adventure. That's why you want to be worldly. Because you can say, hey, here's something I've done that no one else can tell that story, right? Mm. It's not the same thing over and over. That's one of the things that, you know, people in relationships say. It's like the same old, same old, got bored, right? right. right? Like, you, you know, I mean, there's no reason for that, right? The world is big enough that we can continue to create stories. And if we're not Unless doing that, then we yeah. will become boring, right? Our energy will diminish. And we become old. <laughs> I mean, yes, well, you know, I, I tell I tell people all the time, you know, there's a difference between getting old and getting older. Yes. And yes. I've always said old is a state of mind, but older is just the natural. You're much older than the day you came out of the womb. And you're going to continue that from to the moment they put you back in the box till you go to the earth. But old is a mindset. You know, if you a lot of people, I'm old. You know, and and that that begins the aging process. Yep. To me, that you know, when somebody when they when you when you stamp yourself, I'm old. When you stamp yourself, you know, I'm 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 dumb or I'm I'm slow or I'm fat. You know, you're you're putting a a tag on yourself that's like this is my label. See it? See see my label? This is this is what I represent right now. And it becomes it, it becomes an excuse. Nothing. To do nothing. And you might as well, at that point, and, and, I, and this is going to sound like super harsh, but mm. at that point, when you make that decision, mm -hmm. then what's the point of you being here? Right? Why, like, how are you contributing to the next generation as an example? Right? Because you'll do, if you have that mindset, the potential for you to do much more damage mm. is very real. Because and if you make that decision, then you right. become the justification for someone else to make the same decision. Also, but in converse is true, right? Me yeah. doing what I'm doing and what you're doing, we become an example for people to um, to make a different decision based on knowledge and the fact that they want to be here. Right? Quality of life um, from here on out for us is, is very important, right? If I don't work out for a day or two, guess what happens? I get sore. Right. Mm. And when I get sore, I don't really want to work out. But I know the <laughs> only way to get rid of the soreness is to work out. <laughs> it's the only way. You can take all the, the painkillers. You right. can take everything. There's not going to help. Yeah. Right. You have to become, you have to move. Right. And your body will say, oh, we're moving again. All right. Let me, let me put these chemicals into the joints mm. and muscles mm. and everything is good. Right. And then you, exp you make that better by eating good food, right? The good food will, when your body says, Hey, I need this XYZ chemical to make it not sore anymore. Oh, well, what did we eat today? Oh, if I had a bowl of cereal, you know, that's mostly sugar. Well, there's nothing in that. <laughs> right. But you know, but eat you, balance, you, you eat, eating, eating is important too, because, uh, you know, eating, not just eating good. And I tell people all the time, you know, when I'm in bodybuilding mode, I don't eat for, for, for taste. I eat for performance. Yep. But, you know, I'm not in that mode all the time. So I do enjoy food. I love to cook. Yep. Um, and I do enjoy the taste of food. I do like to have a good steak. I like to go. I do love my beer. Absolutely. But Absolutely. I don't want to. I never deny myself those things that are that are good to me, even if they're not good for me all the time. But they're good to me because they relax my brain. They relax my body. They tell me, look, you put enough effort into the gym 
and outside into your, you know, your education to keep yourself at a state where you should be able to enjoy yourself. That's the balance of a good life to take these things that, you know, um, you know, that you shouldn't have all the time, which is right. I shouldn't have these things all the time because whether I'm a trained professional, or I'm just, you know, a lay professional, whatever it is, you know, they will do damage to me at some point if I let them come out of control. Dude. So there's a reason why mind, body and spirit is a thing. What you just described was that mind, body, spirit. You can focus on your body, yes. but again, if you focus exclusively on that, then you're out of balance, yes. right? You can focus exclusively on your mind, and then guess what? You're out of balance with your body and your spirit. And the spirit is the thing that is deep down inside of you that says, this is who I am, right? right? And if you neglect that, <laughs> then it doesn't matter whether your mind and body are good. Right. Just you're just taking up space at that point. Exactly. You're just taking up space at that point. So, again, it's, it's the energy to be able to navigate through this world and say, this is what I'm going to be here to do. And, and, and again, it sounds crazy, right? For people that are maybe suffering with depression, they're not going to want to hear this message. They're going to be like, you know, like, yeah, that works great for you because you're doing all this. No, I started out in the same place, right? And it started with just walking. Mm. Half hour to 45 minutes. No one asked anything of me other than I asked of that of myself. Yes, no. I'm going to exactly. go out. And, and again, we're all busy at work. I would not take my phone, right? Mm -hmm. So this was my time for me to decompress, to walk, to get those good hormones, you know, going through my body and to remember that, hey, the world is not just this thing that has caused me to be depression, depressed. It was what allowed me to get through my divorce and, and, and recover from it, right? It wasn't that I got through it first, and then I started working out. No, I started walking because I knew it was a thing that would get me to a better mental place. So right. then I could do all the stuff that I was going to do. So it's, it's like starting your medication, you know, it, it, yep. it's, it's that shot. You got to get it. And unfortunately, it's going to hurt. But in order for it to hurt, in order for it to work, it's got to hurt a little bit, you know. And then once it kicks in and you keep doing the things you do, it, it makes a change. It makes a difference. Absolutely. 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 So I know we said we were going to cut it short. I mean, I guess maybe we'll yeah, do another. I'm going to wrap it up now. So listen, I'm gonna, I just want you to part with some words of wisdom. Um, you know, what, what do you think um, is important for others to know about, not just you and right. running and scuba diving, but, you know, what, what is your parting words of wisdom to those who may listen to this podcast? Okay. I, I would say this. Um, for me, it was running and scuba diving, right? That, that's just my thing, right? You're, I'm not saying that people should run out and be runners and scuba divers, right? You need to find something for you that gives you passion, right? And again, you have to be willing um, to say, this is for me, right? If you're a mother, it's okay to say, this is something for me that will give me joy. And the kids don't have to be a part of it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's something for you. Um, the same thing if you're a dad and, all, and your only thing that you or a husband and the only thing you're focused on is providing for your family and you and you have nothing else to give you joy um, on a day to day basis. Find something. Mm -hmm. Right. And focus on that. Again, it might be health. Right. But again, remember, it's mind, body and spirit. Right. So you have to try to get those things in balance. And for everybody, it's different. Um, so, hell, some people like bowling, but they'll give it up because you know i gotta do this thing with my kids and i gotta where I do this thing my wife keeps asking me to do housework or whatever or the wife is like oh you know i gotta do all these things and fill up my schedule with all of these things that i think i need to do but i really right. don't right giving children more responsibility is a good thing right if your kids are 10 and 11 and 12 years old and they're not having chores and you're running around cleaning up the house all the time mm -hmm. that's a problem that's a problem because you don't have time for yourself, which you've earned through the last right. 10, 11, 12 years, by you have to give them the responsibility. And I think that also perpetuates a, 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 a statement that, you know, life's supposed to be busy and you're supposed yes. to sacrifice oh, no. everything for, for your happiness and your joy. And that's not true, you know? Right. It's a rat race, right? So yes, you right. can choose to stay part. Of, actually, you know what? That's my wisdom. You can choose to fill your days with everything that is part of the rat race, or you can just step to the side 
you know, like like Neo in the Matrix and say, you know what? I see all these bullets flying for, past me. I don't mm. even need to dodge them anymore, right? They are inconsequential. We fill our bag up every day with all these pebbles that are thrown at us, right? And we think it's our job to catch them and do something with them. No, ignore them. A lot of things, like, again, understanding what's important versus and urgent mm-hmm. and for things that that are that are for you um, will help us to determine how we interact with people because I mean, I'll tell you all the time people will toss you one of their pebbles and act like it's your job to deal with it right no it's not right because every time you do something that someone else should be doing right. you have less time left for yourself to oh. worry about your health you know, to worry about your education, to worry about maybe your spiritual growth, because you're too busy dealing with all these pebbles that are thrown at you. Now, there are going to be some rocks, right? Some things that are real important in your life, and you've got to deal with those things, right? But you have to start to discern what's important to drive my life forward versus what is important, you know, what am I going to do for everybody else but myself? And I guarantee you, every mother, wife, husband, and even children struggle with this. Right. So at least start asking the question, how am I going to make time for, for me that's going to allow me to maybe live an extra 10, 15 years? Right. Rob, By, yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, uh, is I don't know. Have you do you take uh, emails or whatever? But uh, is there anything you want to part with uh, email address that people want to reach out? Um, I would say the best way to like, I mean, I'm very friendly on Facebook. Right. So uh, a lot of my things are open. Right. So like for, you know, accomplishments and things like that. But if anyone really um, wants to chat with me or whatever, like, again, I mean, what part of my goal is to be a mentor and instructor, um, someone that will inspire other people. I'm just reach out to me on Facebook. So Robert R. High the third. Uh, you'll see me there lifting up a big, uh, <laughs> a big log over my shoulder. Yeah, I see it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then, you know, I thought about changing that profile pic, but that's like, but that represents who I am, right? So, whether it's five years ago or right now, I'm still doing exactly the same thing. So, um, so yeah, but I mean, um, you know, I mean, if you want to find out more about your scuba diving or yeah, absolutely, absolutely, it's all on there, right? It's all on there um, for anyone to see. Um, but but I'll be honest, right? Um, mm-hmm. One-on-one conversations are always better for stuff like this because everybody's situation is different. Um, and even you, right? You have a lot of the same philosophies I have. You're a trainer. This is what you do. Um, so, you know, we're all connected, you know, part of the same uh, community. And, um, you know, we can help each other. Um, if we get enough people that are interested, I mean, hey, we can op- open up discussion groups and just have conversations that way, right? Because it's more than just my wisdom and your wisdom. Everybody has a story to tell, and uh, almost everybody's looking for help. There are things that I need help with, right? I don't know everything, but you know, but people like you, people and other people, um, add to the journey that we're on. You know, all this twenty five hundred people that I ran China with all added to um, that experience. Sounds great. Hey, listen, I want to thank you personally for taking the time out of your life your busy and uh, adventurous life to uh, do this podcast. Um, it's one of several that will continue this conversation, this dialogue. with. Um, I'm very appreciative of you and, you know, I'm very proud for you, man. Proud of you because, you know, you still inspire me, you know, and uh, and vice versa. I appreciate it, you know, and, you know, I, I, I'm still learning and that's that that for me is exciting, is exciting. And, uh, you know, even with this podcast, which was a challenge, you know, um, we, we finally did. It was awesome, dude. It was fun. You know, we get a chance to uh, finish it up and uh, you'll I'll post it and you check it out. For those uh, interested in more information about uh, this podcast and this conversation, you can reach me at WHIP914 at gmail.com. And I just want to take a moment to thank everyone who will listen to this podcast. I want to thank you, Robert, specifically and purposely and, uh, for inspiring me to uh, continue being a better version of myself. And, and same uh, you too. I watch all of your stuff. Thanks, and, man. Uh, a lot of those times, when those days when I don't feel like getting up, <laughs> yeah. never something as you said. I'm like, you know what? 
All right, let's get this done. Let's get this thing done. This is this is good. This is good. You know, this is this is my this is my evolution. So like you know, this is important, and this has actually been an eye opening for me because, you know, I've been walking for a while. I think I still need I need to start jogging and running, um, and uh, this is uh, this is good. So. I'm going to close this broadcast off with a, a big thank you again for your support and for yep. your energy. Um, I want to thank everyone who will listen to this in the future. Uh, you can catch me at whip914gmail.com. You also catch this at anchor.fm. Uh, it will be broadcast through Facebook. So um, uh, I'm a newbie, but um, I'm interested in becoming a better me. So, you know, thank you. And, uh, peace love and my parting word is you know uh train smart train hard train forever don't think you can no you can peace peace